ಶ್ರುತಿ ಸ್ಮೃತಿ in the last class we were studying till the 75th uh, verse and we just started the 76th verse which is a very uh, wonderful verse which is an oft quoted verse of vivek churamani so that when we are attached to the five sense objects through our five sense organs we perish we cannot rise high and shankaracharya gives five examples and each example shows how due to the attachment to just one sense organ a particular species suffers and perishes so this attachment to the senses just attachment to one senses is sufficient for our annihilation and what to speak of a human being who is attached to all the five senses so that's the idea which has been highlighted in the 76th verse of vivekachuramani was the verse shabdadibhi panchabhi eva pancha panchatvam apuh swagunena vadhah kuranga matanga patanga meena bhringa nara panchabhi anchita kim so the five animals the five animals which has been named are this kuranga matanga patanga meena bhringa so what are the kuranga is the uh deer the deer is the kuranga matanga is the elephant patanga of course is a firefly meena meena is the fish and bringa is the uh the bee the black bee so these are the five creatures which has been spoken of so they get attached to just one sense and that becomes the cause of their annihilation kuranga gets kurangam is the deer gets attached to shabda of sound so the way to capture the deer is to play a wonderful music say flute is played if someone plays flute the deer gets so entranced by it enchanted by it that it becomes oblivious of the surrounding and it becomes very easy to catch a deer because of its enchantment for the sound matanga the elephant sparsha the touch the way to capture the male elephant the bull that a trained female elephant will go and touch the male elephant and run and there will be some trench on the path so the trained male female elephant will bypass that but the male falls into that and gets trapped so just by touch that causes the bondage or even sometimes uh, death of the male elephant 
सगळा मातंग भाई स्पर्श पतंग द मॉथ ऑफ द फायर फ्लाय यू विल फाईंड दॅट दे आर अट्रॅक्टेड टू द फायर स रूप दॅट्स द रूप द फायर स्पीक्स ऑफ द साईट अँड थ्रू द साईट दॅट कॉजेस द डेथ ऑफ दिस मॉथ मीन by this fish the way to catch fish is just by uh, with a fishing rod with a bait in the water we catch the fish the, those who catch the fish that's the way the bait there will be some food so the rasa the test that becomes the cause of the death of the fish and bringer bringer is the black bee so it gets enchanted by the fragrance of the flower so it goes and sit in the flower to suck the honey and when it is time for it to fly off it forgets and the flower you know with the sunset it closes the petals will close and the bees get trapped suffocates and dies so just one sense organ by being enchanted with one sense organ can be the cause of death and that has been cited by shankaracharya with the help of this five different creatures and then he is speaking what to speak of human being who is attached to all the five senses so this is the deer the elephant the moth the fish the black bee so these five have died being tied to one or the other of the five senses and through their because of their attachment and what then is the destiny of man what is in the store of man who is attached to all this five so this sapta devi panchavi eva pancha panchatvam apu swagunena vadha so we are attached with all the five what will be our condition so to stress the need for detachment shankaracharya is with the help of example is enunciating through this verse the need for renunciation if we really want to evolve in our spiritual life so the next verse the 77 so after speaking of the cause of annihilation because of attachment to the senses now he is saying as something another example he is giving that the sense organs the attachment to the senses are more poisonous they are more virulent even than the venom of a cobra because when the cobra strikes when the cobra strikes someone then only when the one uh, when one is bitten by a cobra then only he is going to die and the sense organs there is no need to come even in real touch with them even by your seeing something that itself can be the cause of our death so even from a distance just by seeing it or by hearing it we can get trapped by it so that's the example which shankaracharya is giving what he is saying 77th verse doshena tivrah vishaya krishna sarpa vishatapi krishna sarpa is the cobra the vishaya all the sense organs their attachment their venom is even more poisonous than that of a black cobra doshena tivrah vishaya कृष्णसर्पविषातिषं निहंति भोक्ता द वन हू कंज्यूम्स द 
poison, the venom, he dies. Drashtaram chakshusha apiyayam. But what this all the sense objects, they are extremely poisonous. They need not have to even swallow. Just by seeing, that one can be the cause of your death. So we find this idea even in the Bhagavad Gita, in the second chapter. What is the idea? In two verses, in the 62nd and in the 63rd verse of the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita. The sequence by which we get trapped by the senses have been very nicely described. What's that at how it becomes the cause of the death? Those two slokas will explain that, will enumerate that. What it is saying? Dhyayata vishayan pungsaha sangaste shupajayate sangat sanjayate kama kamat krodho vijayate krodhat bhavati sammoha sammohat smriti vibhrama smriti bhranshat buddhinashu buddhinashat pranashyati the sequence dhyayata vishayan pungsaha just contemplating on the vishaya when we contemplate after seeing Suppose you are in a shopping mall, you have no, as such, any resolution to buy certain clothing. Most probably you have went to the shopping mall to buy some groceries and you are passing by a uh, shop, passing by some uh, shop of these clothings and you see a beautiful uh, some coat or maybe something, uh, a jacket, whatever it may be. And suddenly you get stuck there. You just stand there and you get so, you start appreciating it. That speaks of dhyayata. Just by seeing, you start as if contemplating on it. Dhyayata vishayan pungsa. And from that, it is just lying there. It is not yours. It is just in the shop. In the shop, it is being uh, just there. For, to be sold, so it is not yours, but now you develop an attachment that this has to be mine. I have to buy it, I have to own it. So this Sangha, this attachment grows, Sangha Shupajayati. First you see, contemplate, and from that the attachment comes. I have to own it. Sangat Sanjayati Kama, then the desire comes. Now, if someone comes and just say that why to waste your money? Somehow someone obstructs your uh, desire to get it. From that come what comes? Anger. If you go to the shop and you find that the coat is too costly and you must probably inside some anger may grow that it's not supposed to be that costly. They are charging more. In various forms, the anger may develop. It may be intense, it may be mild, but whenever the karma, the desire is obscure, anger develops. Kamat krodho vijayat. Krodhat bhavati sammoha. From anger comes delusion. What's the delusion? Sammoha smriti vibhrama. That we know the do's and don'ts, and it is in our memory. We have learned through the past experiences in life from our authority, from the parents, from our teachers. So many things we have learned. What are the do's and don'ts? What are the things which the society is going to censor? 
It's not going to applaud us for certain things. It is going to censor us. We know all those things. But because of that sammoha, the delusion, my memory fails. There is a smriti vibhrama. And from smriti bhangshad, buddhi nasha. Now your intellect won't work. Buddhi nashad, pranashyati. There are so many times we just have an outburst of anger, rage, and later we repent. I shouldn't have behaved that way. At the spur of the moment, we, out of anger, we behave in such a way. Or from where, why it makes us behave such a way? Because, because of the sammo, because of the delusion that we forget, our memory doesn't work. The do's and don't, we know them. But at that moment, it's not in any way going to help us. Because of the delusion, we have forgotten them. And that causes buddhi nasha. Our intellect doesn't work. We cannot take the correct decision. And from that, we will find sometimes even we are in such a situation, we lose our job. Pranashyati. In our family, there's all disintegration happens. Divorce happens. Family violence happens. All because of this buddhi nasha. Buddhi nasha. Pranashyati. So we find it started just by seeing. You need not have to even just like the snake's venom, to consume it just by seeing a thing that can cause our disintegration, destruction. So that's why Shankaracharya is saying that visha, this Vishaya Visha is even the venom of the sense objects, is even more violent than the venom of a poisonous snake. Because the poisonous snake, it has to bite you you have to swallow the poison. But here just by seeing, you get inflicted by the poison. So, doshena tivra vishaya krishna sarpa vishatapi vishang nihanti bhaktaram drashtaram chakshusha apiyayam. So now, one who is free from this terrible sensory entanglement alone is fit to attain liberation. So this will be stated just after stating that the Attachment to the senses can be the cause of our destruction. After that, that this control over the senses that can even lead to the attainment of liberation. That is being uh, stated in the next verse, the 78. What it is saying? Vishaya Asha Mahapashat Yah Vimukta Sudus Stiyajat Sudus Stiyajat Sa eva kalpate muktai nanya shat shastra vedyapi. So one who is free from this terrible snare of the hankering of the sense objects, vishaya, asha, mahapasha, this, the bondage of the senses is something extreme. It's a great bondage, mahapasha. Vishaya, asha, this asha, this hankering from the vishaya, is a great bondage, Mahapasha. Yah Vimukta, the one who can freed himself from that. Sudus, which is so difficult to get rid of. Sudus Tiyajat, it is not easy. But if, but at the same time, it is not easy, but it is not impossible. It is difficult. But difficult mean doesn't mean it is impossible. So it is Sudus Tiyajat. It is very difficult to get rid of it. But it is possible. And one who can do it 
is alone fit for liberation. Sa eva kalpate muktai. He alone is fit for liberation, for mukti. And none else, na anya. Not even the one who is well versed in all the six philosophies, six sastras, shat shastra vidyapi. So you may be an expert in all, you may be an erudite scholar of all the six philosophies. But unless you have that renunciation, that detachment, know it for certain, there cannot be any liberation. That we, it reminds a very nice allegory which Sri Ramakrishna used to disannunciate. We find it in the gospel. That way, a erudite scholar was sitting in a boat, he was crossing the river, and he asked the boatman who was rowing the boat, that, do you know the Sankhya philosophy? Do you know? And he was saying, no, I don't know. I don't know this philosophy. Do you know Vedanta? No. Do you know the Purva Mimangsha, Uttara Mimangsha? No, I don't know anything of this. Then the, this Pandit was saying, this erudite scholar was again and again, the moment he was saying, no, I don't know, for each and every time he was saying, I don't know, he was saying, your life is in vain. For what your life is, it's in vain that you don't know nothing of the scriptures. How will you cross the ocean of samsara without knowing the scriptures? And suddenly there was a huge storm and the river became extremely turbulent. The boat was in topsy-turvy. It was about to be capsized. And now the boatman asked, Sir, do you know swimming? The scholar said, No, I don't know swimming. And then he told them, What to speak of bhava-sangsara, what to speak of the ocean of life? You cannot even cross the ocean or this river. You cannot even cross this river. This will be the cause. This, The moment the boat capsizes, that will be the cause of your death. So this is the idea. What is the idea? That this Vishaya Asha is Mahapash. It's like that it's like that turbulent river. Can we do we know that scriptures, knowing the scriptures? That's it's not that that we did not know the scriptures. That's okay. But do we know to swim? How to swim across these waves of passions, waves of attachment, the desires? If we have the capacity to wave, swim across them, then only there is a way out. We can reach the other shore. Otherwise, we are going to drown in this ocean of samsara. So that's the thing which Sri Ramakrishna also will find. Sri Ramakrishna gives so many examples. He says the vultures, that what's the pandits like, what the erudite scholars like? They're like the vultures. He's saying the vultures soar very high indeed. But their gaze is only on the charnel pit. Some rotten animal which has died in the charnel pit from high up in the sky. Their eyes are very, very powerful. From there, they can see that where that rotten flesh is there. That's one what hit this vulture feeds on. So it is soaring very high, but its attention is on the rotten flesh in the charnel pit. So he's saying that all this so-called erudite scholars who do not have renunciation are like those vultures. And as per their intellect is concerned, they are soaring very high. They will uh, speak wonderful things. 
but their attention is always on the sense objects. That's the charnel bit. It's in the rotten flesh. They, so that's the thing. So unless we this reeducation becomes our reflex, we can alter our reflex. At present, it is the sense objects which draws our senses towards it. If we can change the reflex through internalization of the values, which has been spoken of in the scriptures, if we can develop that retachment, then we can even just alter our reflexes, change our reflexes. Instead of the senses being drawn out towards, dragged out by the senses, it will be just opposite. It will be withdrawn, as has been said in the Bhagavad Gita, that in the 58th sloka of the second chapter, Yada Sangharate Chayam Kurmongani Vasarvashah so just like a tortoise, when the tortoise is in danger, so what it limbs will immediately be withdrawn into the shell. So the one who is self-composed, who is always attuned to his own self, who is absorbed in his self, who delights in his self, is Atma Rama. So he is just, his reflex has just changed. He has become like just the way a tortoise withdraws its limb whenever it sees the danger. So for a man of a renunciation, his senses, instead of getting drawn by the sense objects, they know very well that they are the cause of my disintegration, my death. And just by seeing it, immediately it withdraws itself. Its reflex has changed. That's why uh, Swami Vivekananda used to define education as it is not just the accumulation of information. It's not the just to, uh, uh, what you say, that uh, we learn just the information. It is not the accumulation of information. It is a nervous association of ideas. That whatever that we think as ideal, that has been internalized. It's not just something which is a, a matter of my academic interest. It has been internalized and in such a way it has been internalized that it has changed my reflexes. So Swami Vivekananda used to say that education is the nervous association of ideas. So this is the definition he saw as an example in the life of Ramakrishna that his renunciation was so intense when uh, as he has renounced uh, wealth he won't touch money so the coins are metals he won't touch so any metal as they they are this thing with which the coins are made the mills were the metals were the thing which used to repel him if he, any metal he is to touch he has this idea has become so much internalized even by mistake, even unknowingly if he touches metal, he will feel tremendous pain. His hand will be recoiled. His all the limbs will be recoiled back and he feels terrible pain as if some scorpion has stung him. Swami Vivekananda never believed when he heard that Sri Ramakrishna is saying that touching metal I get, I feel terrible pain. To test Sri Ramakrishna, he kept a coin below the uh, mattress of his bed. And when Sri Ramakrishna was not in the room, when he returned, 
he sat on the mattress. The, in the, this mattress, of course, are very thin. Sri Ramakrishna felt something is below the mattress and it is something metal. Just by that touch, he jumped up from his bed and shouted in pain and called his nephew to find if something was there below the mattress and the coin was found. Ramakrishna knew very well that it is Narain, the future Vivekananda, to taste him has kept the coin. He was happy that yes, that he told that you have to judge a sadhu before accepting him and that's what he was doing. And from that Ramakrishna Swami Vivekananda was amazed to see that how and this idea can become a nervous association, can totally alter your reflex. It can just become your reflex. And that's the real renunciation. Just mere academic knowledge is of no avail unless we could have, we have internalized those values. So that's the idea which is being spoken of in this sloka. Vishaya, Asha, Mahapasha, Yahavimukta. It is a Mahapasha. It's a terrible snare. It's a terrible bondage. Mahapasha. But one who can get rid of it, which is very difficult. Sudushkara, that is very difficult, but not impossible. If one can, by his renunciation, can get rid of it, he alone is fit for liberation, not the one who is well versed in the six scriptures, six shastras. Na Anya Shat Shastra Vidyapi. So, after that, Shankaracharya are saying that what happens when we do not have intense dispassion? When we have, do not have intense dispassion, spiritual life can be very, very dangerous. Apata Vairagya can be dangerous. It can be the cause of our disintegration, our great fall. That's being indicated in the next verse. What is saying? Apata vairagya vata mumukshun. Apata vairagya. Apparent renunciation of a spiritual seeker. Mumukshun. Bhavabdi param pratiyatum udhyatam. If a spiritual seeker tries to cross the ocean of this phenomenal existence bhavabdhi parang bhava abdhi ocean of phenomenal existence ocean of sansara bhava abdhi abdhi is the water bhava is the this phenomenal existence the ocean of this phenomenal existence parang the shore so to reach the shore of this phenomenal existence the one who aspires for that udyatan who is aspiring pratyatum yudyatan with apparent vairagya. It is just like catching hold of a crocodile and trying to cross the river. Ashagraha majyate antarale. So Sankaracharya is this very poetic. The way he is trying to draw in your mind the need for intense dispassion. In a poetic way he is saying that it is just like catching hold of a crocodile. Ashagraha majyate antarale. Just the way, if you thinking to cross the river, you get hold of a crocodile, what will it do? Instead of it crossing the river, it will take you deep into the waters and drown you. So that is majyate, ashagraha. This crocodile, of, uh, the, the desire, this, crocod uh, this crocodile 
whose name is desire so this ashagraha so this ashagraha will take you this crocodile named desire named crocodile this will take you deep into the waters antaral deep and drown you nigriha kanthe vinivartya vegat by holding getting hold of your uh, throat by getting hold of your shoulders it will take you deep into the water in terrible speed and drown you the shark of hankering catches by the throat so nigriha kanthe vinivartya vegat those seekers after liberation who has only got apparent dispersion apata vairagya vatamukshu and are trying to cross the ocean of sansara and violently snatching them away drowns them halfway so this is something in spiritual life we all have to be aware of now renunciation that renunciation results from conscience we all have that viveka that conscience it always works in us but that conscience can be of two types that more, all of us have this conscience that inner voice how it develops it develops from the authority as a small child the my parents my teachers the society they were always dictating me the do's and don'ts and that that got internalized and that authority is the basis of my conscience the authority which has got internalized that's the authoritarian conscience if our renunciation is based on that authoritarian conscience oh what the society will say what the my other people will say and that's why i have developed some dispassion that dispassion is apata vairagya it is not going to help us why we will find that when the authority is not there the same person who is so well behaved when no one is there to really judge him look him witness him he can be a total different person he can be a totally different person so there here it speaks of from where that apata vairagya comes <coughs> as swami vivekananda used to say a very interesting thing that so much energy we spent in showing others that i am a nice person <coughs> so much energy we spent if we would have used the same amount of energy to really transform ourselves we would have been a totally different person so showing others that's based on that authority but there is another conscience that is a spiritually oriented that i sincerely believe that it is my attachment which is the cause of my transmigration life after life and going through this cycle of jara vyadhi mrityu mrityu there will be this decay disease death however i may aspire after life the nature is going to give me some all the things at certain point of time will snatch away everything at certain point of time i have i will be suffering intensely and it's going on life after life we are just repeating the same thing if we have shraddha in the words of the scriptures and really believe that and then develops that spiritually oriented conscience 
It's not on the authority. I know I am the self. Somehow, because of my delusion, I have got caught, ensnared in this process of birth and death. And from that, which results in unending suffering, I have to come out of it. If the conscience is based on that, that will give us the real Vairagya. That is not a path of Vairagya. So, our conscience should be spiritually oriented, not it should be based on the authority. It should not, if it is based on authority, for most of us it happens that it is just Markat Vairagya. Sri Ramakrishna says it is Markat. What is Markat? The monkey sometimes seems to be meditating, very sitting quietly. Sri Ramakrishna used to say, actually, what? It is contemplating that in whose uh, backyard the banana, the plantains has got ripened and he has to go and get all those bananas. He has to just seize all those bananas. He is contemplating. He is contemplating on the objects of his desires. It appears that for the time being he is as if very calm. So most of the time our meditation we will find is just like that Markatavar. From where that time Markat Vairagya came, Sri Ramakrishna visited the Brahmo Samaj. And there, as the bell rings, all will have to close their eyes and sit for meditation. And after five or ten minutes, another bell will ring and they open their eyes, they will receive some prayer. So there's a regimentation. There's ten minutes meditation, ten minutes prayer. Seeing that Sri Ramakrishna was really... Uh, he felt that it's a really a funny thing. How can just someone meditate for 5 minutes or 10 minutes? And so he was just observing minutely those people when they were sit, sitting with their closed eyes. Seeing them, after that he is speaking of this Markata Vairagya, this meditation, monkey meditation. He was just explaining that, you know, that seeing you with your closed eyes, I was just what it made me feel. It like, just made me feel like those monkeys who sometimes sit quietly. Uh, just with their eyes closed as if they are meditating, but actually they are contemplating. So that's the condition of our mind. Why? Because our renunciation is not based on that faith that this process of transmigration is the cause of suffering and we have to go beyond it. So as long as this our Vairagya is a Markat, then what happens? Our condition is just like the fox of the Aesop's fable. In the Aesop's fable, you have, we all know that story that a fox accidentally fell on the tub of a blue dye. There was some blue dye on the tub of that, it fell, and naturally it, its color changed. It became this, it's a, it had a blue tint. And seeing this blue tint fox, this blue fox, all thought it's a new animal. And they were somehow, they developed a sense of awe, seeing that wonderful color. And they all decided, let us declare him to be the king of the forest. So this new animal, let him be there. And now the fox made a resolution that I have to be very quiet, I have to be silent. If I howl, and listening me howl, you know the fox have the that's the tendency. If one fox howls, the other will all howl. All the fox will howl. The entire forest will be echoing with the howl of the fox. 
So this fox knew that if I once howl, I will be caught. So it was silent for one or two days. But then it couldn't resist because, you know, it's its nature to howl. On the third day, it howled and all the fox howled and he was caught. And that what happens with most of us. What to speak of spiritual life? Even in our job, in our work, that's the same thing. That as a student, uh, we were not at all bothered of the soft skills. That when we are in a group discussion, I have to give others opinions, value, I have to listen. Uh, I shouldn't be bossing over others. I shouldn't develop quarrel with others. I should try to uh, work as a team. All those things, uh, there is no certificate for it. Those are, that's why they are called soft skills. You have to develop in the process of your education as a character, you have to develop. But most of us are not bothered about that. We are more bothered about the degrees. That's the hard skills. What are the hard skills? Which is can be produced in your certificate. There's a hard paper on that. Uh, these are the grades you have got. So those are the hard skills with which we go to uh, join some work we are appointed and then because of the lack of soft skills we will be thrown out so there is a in a india this is a very common uh, a saying that uh, you will be hired for your hard skills but will be fired for your lack of soft skills you will be hired for your and you will find that after uh, joining a some uh, some work some some job to keep the job becomes a big challenge. You will be fired because most of the time we find that we lack in soft skills. And that's the thing that they, uh, there's a research of the Harvard University. They say that 80% of our resource is wasted in just uh, getting something, the hard skills, which actually decides only 20% of our future. 80% of our future is decided by the soft skills. That how you really deal with others. How you have the power to keep yourself within control. So that's the thing which, is, which decides your future. That's 80%. But we spend all our resource for that 20%. So here that's the idea that apata vairagya is this lack of soft skills. With this, why there's lack of they all things, the student think all those things when I join, then I will take care of it. Now, as a student, I need not bother about all those things. My degrees matter. There's all those behavioral things, character things. After joining, I will change myself. But there is sanskaras, we have to all develop it from the day one. We cannot just change our nature in a day, and that's why we find that because of the lack of soft skills. What is happening? There's Ashagraha. So all our petty desires are like the crocodile. We get hold of them, thinking that with the help of them we will cross the ocean of life. And instead, what happens? Instead of crossing us, instead of taking us across, it takes us deep within to drown us. So that's the idea which has been spoken of here. Apata vairagyavata mumukshum bhavabdhi param. Just to 
a, a seeker with his apparent renunciation trying to cross the ocean of life is just like getting hold of a crocodile uh, and wishing to cross the river. You can never. They will just drown halfway. The crocodile will take you and drown you halfway. And sometimes we never realize that this desires, how it gradually entangles us. That's all our desires creeps in slowly. It doesn't even uh, allow us to realize that we are going. We are gradually slipping down. That the path to deterioration is such a gradual slope. Sometimes we don't. Only after a long time we realize, oh, I have fallen. Sri Ramakrishna once went to Fort William. Sri Ramakrishna's examples are wonderful. In the gospel, he says, in Calcutta, the Fort William, <clears throat> there's a fort, the British fort in those days, where they used to keep all the all their weapons and all these arms, ammunitions. There's a fort there. So that fort, even it's uh, at, at present it's there, from the main road, when you're going down, you're going to the fort, it appears as if you are just walking down the street, a plain street, but actually it's a very gradual slope. Only when you go to the fort and you look just towards the street, you find the street is quite up. It's about uh, two-story building high. You have came down so much, but you never realized. So Sri Ramakrishna is in his gospel is saying that our path to deterioration is kolombara, is very gradual slope. It doesn't even allow us to realize. Slowly we start falling. <coughs> There's a nice story that uh, it's an uh, uh, this uh, it's an Arabian story. This uh, that the story goes this like this that in the desert in the daytime it is so hot and the night is extremely cold because of the sand. The sand doesn't retain the heat <coughs> at night. <coughs> all the heat is dissipated and it's just the opposite weather. At night it can be extremely cold. So, a man with his tent just has lit some uh, fire and he was just warming himself inside the tent at night and the camel was outside. And suddenly the camel somehow managed to put its head inside the tent and he requested the master, it's so cold outside, can I just keep my head inside? The master told it's okay. And then Gradually, the camel started coming more and more inside. The master never noticed. At last, the entire camel came inside and kicked the master out. So that's how all our desires slowly creeps in the form of luxury. There are so many nice stories, the Skopin Kawaste, that a monk, he was a quite renunciate. Now, he had only this uh, two pairs of loincloths and uh, this, the rats will come and that when one every day he will wear, the other he will just wash and keep it for, keep it in the liners to dry and the, it was infested, His that place was infested with the rats, they will come and just tear off that loincloths. So now this monk after all has to beg. So every now and then he has to beg for this. And <clears throat> so we will uh, we find that just uh, to get rid of the rat, 
the uh, this uh, the villagers suggested him why not you keep a cat now he kept a cat beyond the suggestion of being suggested by the uh, this, the villagers <coughs> first he uh, kept a cat with him as a pet now to feed the cat he needed milk so how to get the milk so the, again the villagers suggested why not have a cow so he had a cow just for the sake of that loin cloth just see what's he had a cat and then the cow and now if he found that to feed the cow he needs this uh, the fodder so the villagers donated him some land now who will cultivate the land who will uh, milk the cow so some worker was there now the work increased so much at last the villagers suggested that it's not possible for you to manage all the things alone why not have a wife so at last this the renunciate monk at last had a wife and now he was a family person all happened just because of the loin cloth so what's the uh, the, the main uh, message from the story that it creeps little by little so that's the thing which has been indicated in this sloka that vishaya asha mahapa sorry apata vairagyavat mumukshun bhavabdhiparam pratiyatu madhyatan just like the crocodile apparently seeing the crocodile swimming you feel oh with the help of this i will cross but that's the thing which is going to take you down so this small desires which you think is not going to affect me oh i am so strong enough i can just simply uh, uh, what you say that have the will power to be detached from them know it for certain it's not going to be so if somehow even as to a little amount if you get attached to them you just enjoy them know it for certain it is going to drag you and destroy you then take you away from the spiritual path so <clears throat> so uh, this uh, that's the thing has been spoken of in the 79th verse and in the 18th verse what is saying so just the opposite he has killed the shark known as sense object with the sword of intense dispassion crosses the ocean of samsara free from obstacles vishaya akya graha this vishaya akya the crocodile named the sense objects vishaya akya akya means to name something this graha this crocodile this vishaya is the crocodile vishaya akya graha this sense objects the crocodile which has the, the, the which is as good as the sense objects yena suvirakti asinahata one who has killed that crocodile and named the sense objects with the help of asi asi means the sword of dispassion suvirakti and that dispassion is intense suvirakti virakti itself means dispassion suvirakti means intense it is not apata vairagya it is suvirakti previous verse was speaking of apata vairagya apparent dispassion and here it is saying suvirakti intense dispassion with that one who has killed sagachati bhavam bodhe he alone can cross this ocean of samsara bhava this bhavam bodhi ambhadi is the ocean bhava is this samsara this world the old this ocean of this samsara this worldly ocean sagachati bhavadu param he crosses that pratyuha 
varjita free from all the obstacles free from all the obstacles he crosses so dispassion is just like the sword by which you can kill the crocodile of desires the main desires sri ramakrishna also gives a very nice example that when you are crossing the river of in crossing the river there is a fear of crocodile and there is a belief there is a belief uh, maybe it is a folklore maybe it is true that if you smear yourself with the turmeric turmeric if you smear yourself with turmeric then the crocodile somehow develops an aversion for you it doesn't like that uh, the smell the of turmeric the this is not doesn't like it is repelled by that so you can save yourself if you are smeared with turmeric so sri ramakrishna says that the renunciation is like that turmeric you have to smear yourself with that if you have to get rid of the shark of desires named desires so he has killed the shark known as the sense object with the sword of intense dispassion or you can in the words of ramakrishna you have smeared yourself with the dispassion then alone you can get rid of this crocodile and can cross the ocean so dispassion and now the question is that how to have the dispassion apata vairagya no no the question that answer is the dispassion can be strengthened just the way we strengthen our muscles the same way we can strengthen our will power how the muscles are strengthened we think that that working against the weight strengthens our muscle builds our muscle but it is just opposite working against the weight destroys it it damages the muscle when you are working against the strength after some time the muscle cell cell starts rupturing it cannot take that much of stress then how the muscle is built now when this muscle cells rupture you will find whenever you start a new exercise you do get cramps that cramps speak of the rupturing of the muscle cells now when the muscle cells are they starts regrowing the damaged cell starts regrowing now the cells the cells have their own brain they have their brain by which uh, which enables them to get the feedback so what's the feedback that this portion of the body these muscle cells are now used more previously it was not used now it is used more so when we regrow if we grow just the exact number of cells which was there previously we cannot cope up with the stress with which this muscle is going through now so we have to grow more cells so from the feedback actually actually that the weight damages the cell but the feedback which comes from that which helps in the growth of the muscle the will power also grows the same way that we give give that example that how to that apata vairagya be converted into suvirakti the apata vairagya which has been spoken of in the previous verse that can be converted into suvirakti how by strong resolution that resolution is required at the beginning but after that we need not uh, have to resolve renunciation becomes sufficiently strong to make the renunciation spontaneous that example we gave so many times in some other context of fasting when you are fasting what happens that for the first time when you are fasting from morning you have planned that for the shivaratri throughout the night i will fast only the next day morning i am going to have my food now by lunch time the afternoon itself 
you feel terribly hungry and now as you have taken the resolution of fasting you simply uh, uh, what you say that will be resisting that hunger you will be resisting and continue with your fasting a wonderful thing happens you will find that by late evening the pangs of hunger is gone and you have started feeling light as you have not taken food throughout the day your body is very light refreshed and the pangs of hunger is gone now you can continue for the night with your contemplation with your worship with a very free mind that's why actually the fasting is done what so what has happened actually so as i have the habit of taking food at particular time the body has developed a biological clock so this is the time you have to take the food so as per the biological clock if you are not taking the food then the biological alarm system sets in in the form of all these pangs the pangs of this your hunger this which you are getting the pangs you are getting this is actually the biological alarm system now the alarm system will be there for some time then it falls off if you simply uh if you if you are just uh what you say dave uh you don't bother about them if you don't bother about it if you continue with your fasting after some time you will find that the alarm system is falling off and then you can continue so that way you can delay the gratification it's not that you can uh, fast forever again the pangs will come but it will give you a certain a certain span of time where you find your body is light there is no need for taking food and your mind can easily concentrate so that's what what speaks of that if you have the will power the body has that feedback mechanism just the way you build your muscles here also feedback mechanism is there that yes it is not going to yield to the pangs of hunger so the alarm system stops and then you can continue now there is no need for your will power to stop you from taking food it has become spontaneous sri ramakrishna used to give a wonderful example suppose there is a river with a curve there is a curve some from the uphill some stream some falls is there that falls has divided into two path so it looks like a one river but actually we will find that when i'm in the one leg of this so called river and i'm trying to row i have to row upstream till i reach the curve when i reach the curve now i will be having the favorable flow so sri ramakrishna is saying that at the beginning of our spiritual life to develop that intense renunciation we have to row as if you are row upstream so you have with all your energy strength you are going and once you reach the curve now you get the favorable flow now you can relax the boat just uh, is uh, carried away by the stream itself to keep the direction you just hold the row in a particular way to keep the direction but you don't have to uh, stress yourself out anymore so what's the idea the same thing that this renunciation can be intensified it's not that we have to struggle with them throughout at certain point that renunciation because of our feedback mechanism will become spontaneous and then you will find that that has become something favorable 
for your spiritual journey. And that's the thing is being indicated here. That Pratyuha Varjita. What it means? Free from obstacles. At the beginning, you with, a, with your Jnana, with the knowledge of dispassion, you have to exert yourself. You have to, as if, kill that Ashagraha, the crocodile, the crocodile of desires. You have to kill it. And then your Virakti will become spontaneous. There is no more obstacles. Pratyuha Varjita. You can easily now cross across the this bhava abdhi, this ocean of samsara. So that's the idea which Sankaracharya is indicating in the 80th verse. In the 81st verse, what's the idea? Vishama, Vishama margai gachata, anachya buddhe, pratipadam abhiyatah mrityu api esha vidhi, hitah srijan guru uktya gachata, swasya yukta, prabhavati phala siddhi. Satyam iti eva vidhi. So know that death quickly overtakes the stupid man who walks along the dreadful way of sense pleasure. Vishama, Vishaya margai gachata, anachya buddhi, those mind is not pure, who thinks that even this, all the sense objects, even if I see, they are not going to taint me. Let me just see a little and then I will detach myself. Know it for certain, such for such for such a person, what this death quickly overtakes. Pratipadam abhiyata mrityuhu apiyeshavitti. And just the opposite. And whereas one who walks in accordance with the instructions, hita, the guru has warned you that be aware of this, this the sensed pleasures, the sense objects. Never in any way even mingle with them to the slightest. Wherever you see, be away from it. They alone. Hita, and from where he has heard? From his Guru. Hita sujana Guru Uktya Gachata Swasya Yuktya Prabhavati Falasiddhi. For him alone, they can reach the goal. Falasiddhi. Satyam Itya Vidhi. They can ultimately know the ultimate truth. It reminds me. Uh, of a nice incident in the life of Swami Adbhutananda, Latu Maharaj. Latu Maharaj was uh, illiterate. He was he came just to serve Sri Ramakrishna. He was serving someone else, Rambabu, one of the devotees of Ramakrishna. But seeing Ramakrishna, he was so much drawn to him. He wanted to serve him, and that's how he came to Dakshineshwar. Was staying with him. As such, he was from the very interior village of Bihar had no formal education. Now, as he was from a family who were the working class, in the working class, as they have to work throughout the day, and it's because of the tremendous toil they have to go through, they naturally develop the tendency to have some liquor. After their work, they will drink. So that is almost like a family tradition. Now, Sri Ramakrishna knew this Latu, he is from that family. He is a very pure boy. He doesn't, he have never uh, drank and he never have a tendency also, but he's from that type of background. Now when he used to come to Sri Ramakrishna from Ram Babu's house, Ramakrishna asked him, what's the road you come through? And he told such and such a road I come through. And Sri Ramakrishna knew there is a liquor shop there. 
and Sri Ramakrishna, knowing that there's a liquor shop on that shop on that road, his sanskar because of that family background, he may develop a tendency to have to resort to this drinking. So Ramakrishna told, never come to that street, never pass Kadarsha. Now this then this is Sujana Guru Uktya. This this to just indicate that what it means. Just to follow the instructions of the Guru just in detail. This Latu Maharaj had so much faith in Ramakrishna in his words. He is to obey them just literally. Now to avoid that road, he walked another three kilometers extra, just the other bypass, every day. That speaks of the Guru Bhakti. That's Sri Ramakrishna knew that just that the alcohol shop itself may drag him. That's Visha is so powerful. Sri Ramakrishna used to say a very nice thing that however uh, uh, careful you may be, if you are staying in a room whose walls are painted with the soot, the soots you know that uh, when you uh, having some flame enclosed in some uh, some glass case, there is a lamp with a glass case and, the, and then you'll find the glass case will develop some black coating. That's the suit. So with that suit, if you paint the wall of your room, however careful you may be, you are bound to get tainted. However careful you may be. Because you're staying in a room whose walls are painted with that suit. So however careful. So that's, that's what means it is meant by that Vishaya. Even you may think that it is some innocent pleasure Oh, my little just, uh, uh, what you say, the dwelling in it is not going to harm me. Not for certain. It, it will gradually drag you because the subconscious mind is already filled with all those tendencies. A little uh, nourishment from outside will make it more strong and it is impossible to get rid of it. So that's why the Guru is always there to save us by saying that there all the deserts are lurking behind. Don't get attached. So that's why that real freedom, Swami Ramakrishna used to say, is freedom from the senses, not freedom of the senses. Sometimes we think freedom is freedom of the senses, freedom from the senses. Once we can develop that, that speaks of the real freedom. So this is the uh, uh, verse uh, from which we will again continue this time again for the, to be the class to be concluded. Uh, so again, we will start from the 81st verse. We will discuss on it and we will continue the succeeding verse till 123rd verse uh, of Viveka Churamani. Shankaracharya will be highlighting the need to develop this intense dispassion. That's why the name of this book is Viveka Churamani, the crest jewel of discrimination. That how to develop discrimination, how to develop that awareness by constantly, uh, uh, what you say, this uh, contemplating on the various aspects of this dispassion, the pros and cons of it, what are the advantages of leading this life, what are the disadvantages of it. So to have this, he will be going through various examples. So we will go through them gradually as we uh, uh, advance to the study of this Viveka Chulamani. With this, we conclude our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskaras.